You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Uh, good evening and welcome back. Petri Redlinger is here for Michael Avery this evening. Uh, and we now shift our attention to the youth. Uh, we are chatting to Sharon Muller, who's a financial planning coach at Old Mutual Wealth. Sharon, good evening to you. Hi, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm hosting a radio show. It's a bit, uh, it's, it's different to my usual job, but uh, <laughs> you get used to it, I guess, at some point. <laughs> I hope. You know what kills me is the live reads. It's bad. But um, but yeah. In any case, you've got a you've got a very sort of interesting uh, uh, sort of I guess job, financial planning coach, and we're going to be chatting about um, I guess the importance of how we develop the relationships with money for children or for our children. Like, I don't have any children, but many other people uh, obviously do. Um, and I think one of the things that we often overlook, um, or that people often overlook, is how our behavior impacts our children and how our beliefs and uh, behaviors impact the beliefs and behaviors of our children going on. So I guess we want to talk about some of the key habits that we need to teach children or or our kids um, about money and to help them succeed sort of in life. Yes. Yeah. And having children is never easy. I can't imagine that it is. Okay, so I mean, uh, the question, I mean, I think in most parents' minds is now what what do I talk about when I talk about money and how do I start these conversations and what if I go down the rabbit hole and I end up damaging my children more than doing any good? So, um, you know, what we know is that if we don't talk about um, money, we don't have those money conversations with our children, they're going to just make their own conclusions from the experiences that, that they have with us on a daily basis. And most of, the, most of the time, unfortunately, those experiences are based on a perceived reality because they have their own view of the world. They have their own strategy of how to survive in the world, which is built from a very young age. It's basically set by the time they're five. So if we don't actually talk about money and how they relate to money and, and ask questions you know, um, and get them to think about it and maybe bring some clarity through what they say and how we can fill the gaps and the holes and, and how they're perceiving things, then they're going to have these limiting assumptions that will, you know, be built from that age, from this age already, and um, it will carry on right through adulthood. And most of those times, it, it drives certain patterns of behavior around money, and unfortunately, it's mostly unaware and, um, and in our unconscious brain. So we don't even realize it until, you know, we get completely stuck and, um, and we're hitting our heads up against the wall and we're frustrated and then we talk to somebody about it and then they can hopefully help us see the patterns that are causing us to stuff. So, I mean, why do, why do parents in general, you know, avoid these topics with their children? I think what happens a lot of the time is they try to shelter their kids from the realities. Um, you know, there's, there's two scenarios. One, they're really wealthy um, and children grow up not really understanding value if that makes sense, mm-hmm. or two, they're really sort of under financial pressure, and um, the parents try to hide that to some extent from the children. I mean, what, what, what are, why do they do that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a very emotional thing, and most of the times the conversation that we're avoiding, you know, whether it's because we have lots of money or whether because we don't have any and we're struggling, it's the emotion that we attach to it. Um, sometimes we perceive our own worth in the amount of money that we have, 
And if we've got lots of money and that doesn't help us feel better about ourselves, then there could be a lot of guilt and shame that sits with that. You know, what if I'm, I'm wealthier than maybe my, my family, what I grew up with, um, you know, that my community, um, you know, I've, I've brought them to work and others didn't. And, and what guilt do I hold and shame do I hold because of that? Mm. It doesn't mean you did anything bad. It just means that that's how friction of it. So there's a, a strong emotional attached to it. And, that, and we know that people would rather talk about their weight you know, um, or anything what, really. Yeah, actually, they probably run around naked in the streets rather than than talk about money. But um, it's probably the most important conversation that we need to have with our children. So, okay, so I've got a, uh, uh, two questions. One: How can parents overcome that, like fear of having to talk about money or that? anxiety around it right um i mean it's a difficult topic to broach um and also then you know what are some of the the major benefits i mean to include your kids for example in some of your financial decision making for example what are the longer term benefits of that and how do we well how do parents um you know overcome some of those fears with engaging on these topics with their children yeah yes i mean i think the easiest way to do it is to start the conversation through asking questions. You know, questions as parents, when we're asking a question, we don't have to expose ourselves and be so vulnerable. We don't have to give anything of ourselves in that moment. But just by asking a question, we can get the child to open up about how they see money and how they, you know, how they relate to money, how they place money in their lives. And then we can, we can get a sense of, okay, so now where do we need to go here? How do we need to clear up certain things? How do we need to maybe, you know, validate or, or have a, a, a more honest conversation about their experience? So it starts with a question. And um, each child's going to be different because of their own view of the world. So we can't treat, the, you know, one child in the family the same as another child in the family. Hmm. We actually just have to notice where they are. So we've got to see the child for who they are. And we've got to really listen. We've got to start using listening skills that most of us don't have. You know, listening for what the intention is behind the story and not necessarily what the facts are that they're bringing to us because that could be based on a whole lot of assumptions that they have. Right, yeah, what's what's a fact to you might be, um, you know, fast to someone else. Yeah. And uh, some of these questions that we are to ask, I mean, what where do we even start? Well, I mean, it's, it's difficult to say for each child, but I would start with maybe a question like, you know, what are you noticing about mom's relationship with money or how I spend money or how I behave around money? You know, um, how, if you had a lot of money, you know, what would, what would you do with it? Um, you know, and maybe something around... Buy all the uh, ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then when you've bought all the ice cream you want, what else would you do, you know? So it's like you, you've got to just keep going. Um, the questions are not set. It's 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 how you're listening that defines the next question and and forms the next question. But start with you know what is it that you think when you think about money, what comes up for you? And uh, depending on the child's age, obviously there's going to be some wonderful things coming up at different stages. But I think that conversation needs to be had over and over again. It's not just a once-off kind of conversation. And I think there's also a little bit of well, there's a dual layer of benefit here, right? I mean. If you're spending time talking to, you know, a youngster about money and the perception of it and the value of it and the purpose of it and, um, you know, that sort of unpacking that relationship to have with it, I think that's going to be good for you as the parent as well because it might have you sort of rethink the way that you think about money, right? I mean, at the end of the day, children learn um, a huge amount from their parents, like value systems, worldview, um, you know, obviously behavioral patterns. 
And I think um, it makes a lot of sense that if you, you have these discussions with youngsters, um, that it's going to be a two-way benefit, both for the parent and for the child. Absolutely. I mean, my children are like my little coaches, you know. They give me the space where I can just talk about things. And, and I think what's important that you mentioned there is that we need to realize that we're all human beings and that we all have our own uh, biases and blind spots around our relationships with money as well. Um, I'm not always going to behave the way I should. But what's important is for me to have those conversations with my children. You know, um, how, what are you noticing? And then if mom's spending a lot of money on things that maybe I shouldn't spend on, it's for me to be vulnerable then and say, yes, I am doing that. And you know, it's not the best thing to do. Um, what I should be doing is having a purpose and then planning for that purpose. Now, whatever it might be, whatever goals we want to reach as a, as a family and having those conversations. And when money is tough, you know, that's the most important time. And when there's, there's a... When there's a lack of money, and I think we've all just gone through it now in the last year and a bit, you know, when money is short, then that's the time that we need to have those conversations even more so with our children because there, there's the strong emotion that, that's behind the moments that we're going through now when we're struggling with money. You know, those memories are, are they, they're placed into the certain part of the brain that stores them as fact. Um, you know, and it's it's what they perceive to be happening in that moment. And the stronger the, the emotions are around that moment, the more relevant that memory becomes. You know, and it, it gets triggered without them. You know, you just need to make it something something happening that you've seen before. I've been here before. I remember this moment. I've been here. Because the emotions were quite strong. And as soon as I'm there again, then I play that same pattern out. Because mm. I need to keep myself safe. So, it's like the know, first time yeah. that you experience... Um, uh, you know, that, that first impressions thing, right? The first time you experience something uh, that elicits a specific and unique emotional response, every time for the rest of your life when you feel that emotion, you were going to respond the same way that you did the first time unless you actually work to recode the way that you respond to that stimulus. Yeah. Exactly that. So, I mean, it's all, about, it's all about how the brain works, you know. The brain does that very specifically to keep us safe. So, yeah, I, I think that, that we need to have these conversations. It's not about being perfect. It's really about us as parents noticing our own patterns of behavior, where we fall down, and being vulnerable enough to speak to our children about what they're noticing around our stuff. And, and being then, open know, to hearing their answers, right? Yes, exactly. And, then, and, and maybe just, you know, apologizing sometimes <laughs> for, for the bad behavior, but we're never going to be perfect. It's just about being with this version of ourselves and, and whatever's going on in our lives is going to determine how we are triggered um, and how we respond emotionally and, uh, and when we do it's about noticing it accepting it owning up to it and saying you know that wasn't the right thing to do I should have maybe behaved differently and, yeah. um, and I'm sorry and I'm going to try better you know I'm going to try my best to be better um, it's not about being perfect alright well thank you thank you very much for um, for your time this evening I enjoyed the conversation. I think it's important that we, um, I don't know, you know, generational wealth is really generational knowledge that is passed down. And I think it's important that we play open cards with, uh, with the generation below us. So thank you very much for your, for your time and your insight. Um, I really enjoyed yeah. chatting yeah. to you, Sharon. That's Sharon, Sharon Moller from uh, Old Mutual, who is a financial planning coach.